Hi everyone, I'm Beth Azor of Azor Advisory Services and Azor Academy. Welcome to my weekly podcast. Every week we will go over one to two chapters of my new book, The Retail Leasing Playbook. My goal is to help you reduce vacancies and increase occupancy. This week we will be reviewing the introduction of my book and chapters one and two. Chapter one, seek knowledge instead of chutzpah, and chapter two, start here before you do anything else. So in the introduction of the book, my co-writer, Jill Ratson, titled the introduction, The Three Success Lubricants. Wow, lubricants. When I first read that, I thought that's pretty salacious. But, you know, I think she's probably smart. It's important to get attention when you're trying to get people to pay attention and read information that might help their careers. So we talked about the three lubricants that have helped me in my career reach some of the success points that I've wanted to and as I've set goals for. So the first thing that I think is a success lubricant is accountability. Being accountable for what you want to achieve and not blaming it on other people or obstacles or the economy or your boss. That you know you are the captain of your destiny and you need to remain accountable. It's funny, I have a, a coaching program and I would say that 90% of the goals when people hire me to coach them is for me to help them remain or stay accountable to themselves. Number two is setting goals. Setting goals and writing down the goals for sure has been a huge contributing factor to my success. Whether it's setting a goal to buy a shopping center or whether it was setting a goal to teach in a foreign country and live in a foreign country with my kids before they turn 16. Uh, I've always written down goals. I think I've, I probably were, was writing goals when I was back in college. And over the years when I have coached and uh, led leasing teams, I've always made them write down their goals, even through the eye roll, rolls that, they, that occurred when I made them do it. But I believe that if you don't write down your goals, it'll be a hard task to accomplish them. And then lastly is work ethic. A lot of times when I've interviewed on other people's podcasts or when I'm speaking in fireside chats at conferences, people say, you know, how did you reach the success that you wanted to reach? And I would say what separated me from the most, I'm not the, most, I'm not the smartest gal in the room. I don't have the connections that other people have, the money, but I think I outworked many of them. Uh, early on in my career, I would go in the office on Saturdays. Uh, the bosses were always in the office. I had access to them on a more relaxed basis, and that helped me in my career. And it also got me organized for the upcoming week, and my peers weren't in the office. Now, I know that that's not popular these days that you know people should overwork each other. I get that, but when people say, you know, how did re you reach some of the successes that you did? For sure, my answer has always been my work ethic. So that was the introduction of the new book, uh, The Retail Leasing Playbook. Uh, let's go on to chapter one. So chapter one says, seek knowledge instead of chutzpah. 
So for some of you uh, fans that have read Don't Say No for the Prospect, you know the story of Wayne Heisinger uh, when he called me looking for space and I completely dissed him because I thought uh, my arrogance told me that I knew better than the guy who was running waste management. <laughs> uh, and I didn't, and it's because I didn't have knowledge, right? I didn't stop for a second and have some self-confidence and say to him, sir, what do you do now? And then he would have told me he runs waste management and I would have said, oh, you know, I probably should listen to this guy. But I didn't, I was insecure and insecurity causes arrogance and uh, it hurt me probably with thousands of dollars because I would have probably done the first blockbuster video deal and you never know where that would have uh, led. Maybe I would have done more video store deals. Maybe I could have tenant rep them, which I was doing back then. So my insecurity caused me to act like I knew it all and not search and ask for more information. So in chapter one, you know, the, the first section of the book, which uh, is, let's see, 10 chapters, is all about understanding your market because I believe market knowledge is key to, and, and the first step in decreasing vacancies. You've got to understand your market better than anyone else. And that starts with having self-confidence to reach out to your neighborhood leasing agents, start creating the relationship with them so that you can get knowledge from them about your market. So don't seek chutzpah, seek knowledge and uh, have the courage to ask. So that's chapter one. Chapter two is start here before you do anything else. I'm a huge believer in driving around your properties. Now I do understand that some of you have properties far away from your home office or your home and I know that that's difficult but for right now let me speak to the people who lease properties in you know within 30 minutes of your home or your home office. I drive by my properties at least four times a week. I drive through my properties. I look I'm constantly looking to see what's going on and then I drive around my competitive properties. I want to see what are the coming soon signs, who moved out, you know, at one of the properties nearby, one of my other properties, they just put signs up that said something about, you know, if you aren't a tenant or a customer of this plaza, do not park here. Obviously, that was a key sign for me to go canvas those tenants because I think they had just opened um, the Driver's License Bureau and caused a huge parking problem. And I believe we're going to be able to get some tenants out of that plaza because of the parking problem that they just uh, put on that shopping center with their tenants. So driving through centers, being observant, looking for things, very important. When you have market knowledge, then you are positioning yourself better for negotiations, right? So when your prospect comes to you and says, hey, I'm a restaurant and I want uh, an outdoor seating, and you know your market really well, and let's say there's six other centers that, that this guy could go to, and he's uh, an Italian restaurant, and you know that four of the other centers already have Italian restaurants, and one 
um, doesn't have an Italian restaurant, but it's 100% leased or doesn't have the parking for outdoor seating, then you know who has the leg up in the negotiations? Now, you don't have to be a jerk about it in the negotiations and say, well, I know the market and you're full of crap. I don't want you to do that. But quietly understanding the information and the knowledge you have in the negotiations will help you tremendously. And you can't have that knowledge, I don't think, without really understanding your market. And I, th the way I do that is driving through the shopping centers on a regular, consistent basis, being observant, looking for things like the parking sign, like a coming soon sign, like a going out of business sign, et cetera, or, or even like uh, leasing agents changing, you know, uh, owners firing you know, one company and hiring another. Just so important to really understand your market. If you do not live near your properties, I would highly recommend that you talk to your boss about trying to get to your properties at least once a quarter where you could spend three days and really immersing yourself in the market. Uh, spend time talking to your tenants, obviously canvassing, having coffee with your neighborhood leasing agents, meeting with the quote-unquote mayor of your shopping center to get information, meeting the economic development uh, person in the city. Really just when you lease properties outside of your market, to fly in in the morning and fly out in the afternoon doesn't do it justice. You aren't going to gain the information necessary. You're going to run out of time. So I highly recommend if you are outside of your market, to get your boss to agree to the expense and the investment of your time by being in that market and living in that market for you know, no less than three days. And then you know, understanding your market is not a quick fix. Uh, it's not, there's, not, there's no shortcuts. Thinking that you can get market comps and market information from the online platforms, uh, I completely disagree with. So don't rely on some other company that's putting together your market information on an online platform because you, you, you know I look at these online platforms and I see what information they have about my properties that I have not given them and it's completely inaccurate. So please don't think that you can do a market study in a one hour, let me push a button on an online platform and let it regurgitate a market survey because you know that that's not accurate information. I tell my junior leasing agents or my interns when they come and work for me and do market studies that it usually will take them five drafts till they get a very good market study. So, and, and an accurate one. And a lot of that has to do with the neighborhood leasing agents not calling you back, right? So, but don't think you can do a market study and, and learn about your market by pushing a button on an online platform. Please, please, please don't. And then the last thing I'll share with you about the uh, positives about having a thorough market study is many of you, when you call me or see me at ICSEs, one of the biggest complaints you have is my owner or my boss has an inaccurate view of where the rents should be in the market and you know what should i do about that you know my my boss wants me to get thirty dollars a square foot and the market's 20 or i think the spaces should be worth 20. and my always 
immediate response is, when was the last time you did a very thorough market study? Which includes, you know, the 10 shopping centers in your market and accurate details on the deals that have been done in those other competitive shopping centers and market in the last six to 10 months or year. Because if you're right and you're quoting 30 or asking quote 30, you know, you know I hate saying quoting or asking, but you're, you know, you believe your rents or your, your owner wants you to get 30 and you believe that the rents are 20. However, there are, there have been 20 deals done in your market at 20, 22, 24, or 25 in shopping centers with less uh, appealing tenants than you have, then I'm going to argue with you that he's probably right. But if you want 30 and there hasn't been a deal done in your market for a year, and maybe the last deal was done 14 months ago at 18, and th that competitive center has a more desirable anchor tenant than you have, then you have facts to present to your boss or your owner to counteract what he's asking for rents. So the market study helps get your rents in line and it helps with your negotiations with your prospects. And it gives you the self-knowledge and the self-confidence to do a better job in working on the path to decrease your vacancies. So thank you for joining me today. If you have read the book and have questions or have input you think might benefit our audience, please email me directly at beth at azoradvisoryservices.com and join me next Monday when we will go over chapters three and four. Have a great week. Thanks everyone.